This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Amy Huffman is a seasoned yoga instructor, health coach, and former D1 athlete. She provides performance coaching to competitive athletes in a holistic training environment, helping them feel strong and joyful in sport and in life. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Now, when I read your bio there, I paused D1. I'm assuming that means Division 1? Division 1. Okay. You are correct. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. I'm like, oh, I should have asked her that first. Uh, glad you're on the show because we're going to talk about health and wellness and fitness and and how more people need to do it. Now, just get a little reference here. I'm 56 years young. I've been a daily runner since August 29, 2017, which on July 16th, that's 1,418 days in a row. And I wish I was more active in my, my 30s and 40s. No one told me I should uh, be active. No one told me go for a brisk walk, run, bike, swim, something. It wasn't until uh, I think about 2012 I decided, you know, uh, there's something too about staying in, in uh, you know, not Olympic style of fitness, but I think we all need to make uh, fitness, nutrition, and exercise a priority in our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you said it well, you know, years ago, decades ago, fitness and exercise wasn't something that you did as recreation. It wasn't really emphasized a lot in terms of keeping healthy and happy and imperative for your wellness. And I think that me having grown up an athlete, competitive athlete, my whole entire life, I had that physical fitness so ingrained in me. And then when I got injured and started experiencing extreme anxiety and panic attacks, that physical fitness really began to took a back seat and my mental fitness began to get more work. And I started to emphasize that more. And so the work that I do now with competitive athletes is um, and, and everyday people who are looking to tap into their inner athlete is to start to look at not just their physical fitness, which congratulations on your milestone of walks. That's amazing. Um, but not also run, let's be run, run, run is yes. much more difficult than a walk <laughs> runs is also mental fitness. So how are you training mentally and how that mental, mental fitness can really become a cornerstone for physical training and just overall health and well-being from that very holistic whole perspective. You know, I, I, I don't, I, the odds of my old gym coach from high school listening to this show is really small, but I remember when they say, okay, it's track and field. And I go, Oh my goodness. Are you serious right now? I don't want to do track and field. Now I run. He'd probably get a big kick out of that. Yep. Yep. I'm sure. And I think that's a, that's a great point of people finding fitness, whether it's mental or physical, that feels good and works for them. And that might not be running or walking. And I segued out of competitive volleyball and weight training into yoga and more embodied movement styles. And I was really able to pair then my physical fitness and training, if you will, with the mental component. And so when I tapped into that, I felt like there was a door that just completely unlocked 
And I knew I had to share that with the, with the world. But also so many of us are able to, I think, resonate and tap into the physical body first, you know, that gross body, what we can feel, what we can do. And then from there, it becomes easier to get into those more subtle layers of the mind and that mental fitness training. And that's where you kind of get into that really um, holistic approach to taking care of yourself and being able to perform at that high level as we age and um, do it in a sustainable way. Now, I want to make sure I don't leave anyone behind who listens to the show. So what do you mean when you say holistic? Yes, great question. I feel like it has become very buzzwordy in the last, I don't know, two, three, four, five years. So I consider holistic to be a whole approach, and I break it down even further. So at the root word of whole is to heal. So it is taking a look at all aspects of you, and I really consider that to be five different layers from your physical body to your breath body, your mental and emotional body, your wisdom body, and your bliss body. And this is an Eastern perspective to human anatomy in this five-layer system. And so it's looking at all of those different layers and sheets and saying, Where are there maybe imbalances or holes that I can fill so that me or you, Mark, as a whole person, all aspects of your health and wellness are at an optimal level? I I love how you explain that because people are living at a Mach 2 speed. They're going through life. They're not taking care of themselves. And I, I do believe you have to look at life as a wheel. I think the first time I heard person, someone explain that was the late Zig Ziglar. And he goes, if you ever try to ride a bicycle, that's the wheels out of true. In other words, it's bent. You can't. And so you have to take care of your mental health and your physical health and your spiritual health. And you got to take care of all this. You just take care of you know, four out of the five, you're still going to be out of balance. I mean, there are a lot of people who are very wealthy. They're very smart and they weigh 300 pounds. They can't walk up the flight of stairs. They're out of balance. There are people who may be in top physical shape, but they don't take time to get in shape mentally. Again, they're out of balance. And I don't think people think about that. And I just encourage them to write them down. And because you said them once, I'm going to ask you same again, because somebody yeah. goes, what were they again? Don't worry, go get a piece of paper and a pen and, and Amy will give them to you in just a second. But I, I think it's really important for people to write these down and then just sit there and go, okay, I'm going to grade myself the old school grade, A, B, C, D, and F. You know, how would you grade yourself on these five layers? Because I think it's magical and don't do this on your phone, do it on a piece of paper because it becomes real. Okay, it becomes real when you write it in your own handwriting, a piece of paper. So again, give us those five layers again. And what I want the listener to do is I want you to grade yourself and be honest. You're not going to share this with anyone unless you want to share it with someone. But this is going to give you a starting point because you can't fix what you don't know. See, your, your brain tells you stories. Oh, I'm not that bad. Oh, I'm not out of balance. But when you write the grade next to the five things you're going to tell us in a minute, it becomes real. And then you can go, oh. I'm out of balance on this one. Now I'm going to create an action plan in order to fix it. And I'm, I know you agree with me on that. So once again, give us the five layers so the listener can write them down. Absolutely. And I would encourage if it's helpful for listeners to take that image of the wheel and draw the spokes and each spoke can be one of these layers. Yeah. And so I'll start off with the first layer. 
And this is moving from, again, the gross body, the physical, more tangible into the more subtle layers of the mind. So the first layer is the food body. Second layer is the breath body. The third layer is the mental or emotional body. That fourth layer is your wisdom or your intellect body. And the fifth layer is your bliss body. That sounds nice. (laughs) Doesn't that sound nice? Don't we want to feel really balanced in the bliss body? (laughs) Who doesn't want to be blissful? I mean, so let's, 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 let's take each of these one at a time. So food, I, like I said, I'm 56 years young and I keep pointing it out because I think people need to know in context. So I am in relatively physical good shape. Unfortunately, I've got a sugar belly. And I'm getting ready to try yet another diet. I've tried so many diets and now I'm looking at going the ketogenic diet because we don't need carbs. We don't need sugars. We don't need sugars. We don't need sugars. I keep saying to myself (laughs) to convince myself I don't need sugar. And, and so I've read books. I've talked to people who are do the ketogenic diet, which is basically high in fiber, high in fat, very low, if any carbs. And they feel great. It's not just losing weight. You lose the brain fog. You sleep better. So I'm looking at trying this out. And let's face it, to eat good in this country, Amy, it's really difficult. You can slide by McDonald's or Wendy's or Burger King, get that crap. You can slam down the Coke. It's so easy and it's so cheap to eat bad. But if you want to take care of yourself, if you want this part of the five layers to be in balance, you're going to have to plan because you're going to have to go, okay, what do I want to eat that's going to fuel my body properly? So talk about that for a few minutes. Hey, you listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Exactly, exactly. And I think that speaks really well to it being holistic and that all of these layers are interconnected. You know, it's not like they they pervade each other. Um, if that gives you a good mental image, um, sometimes I like to use the analogy of it's it's like a lampshade and you have different veils covering the lampshades. But if there is more imbalance in one, then it can really affect the whole as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so I think it, it comes down to you know, it's not just simply approaching it from the food body and changing what you're inputting. You know, you're having to also think about, well, how does this affect another layer? You mentioned the brain fog. So then it it goes to, well, maybe there's work to do in that mental body as well. And so around mindset and being curious and that awareness of, well, why do I feel intuitively, and that's where you get into the wisdom body, why do I feel that I need to back off the sugar? How is it making me feel? And why is that important to me? And starting there from, from a deeper, deeper layer and looking around the work you can do around mindset and your relationship with the sugar. And if it had, you know, if you dig deeper, maybe there is something that is very comforting about sugar or the feeling you get after. And so if, if you can start to dig deeper and, 
identify, well, maybe it's comfort that I'm looking for. Well, what else brings me comfort and joy? And what is something I can substitute my Snicker bar out for that might give me that same felt sense of comfort and feeling good? And, and oh, now I notice that my brain fog is, is subsiding. And that leaves me feeling more mentally clear. When I'm more mentally clear, that sense of knowing um, how you're feeding yourself, knowing how to give yourself what it needs to your body, what it needs to feel nurtured. And then it becomes easier to slip into those bliss states. So that kind of gives you an example of how the different layers pervade each other um, and how it's not just work in one. It's usually, you know, a few different layers of the body that you're working with and, and you can approach it from different angles. You know, sometimes you can take a, and I think that most of us try to take a top down approach um, in the sense that we try to think ourselves out of something. We try to get into it from the mind and the mental aspect first. And I found it helpful with the athletes that I worked with or individuals who were wanting to tap into their inner athlete to feel stronger and more whole that coming at it from a bottom-up approach can be more accessible in making behavior and lifestyle changes. And so what I mean is getting out of your thinking mind and into your body, into that gross body that you can feel through movement, running, walking, yoga, tai chi, um, being able to drop into your body where you get connected to the food body and the breath body then it becomes more accessible to start to shift some of those mindsets and patterns that you're working with. And so I like to present that to clients and, and people who are, who are looking to make changes in their life and feel whole and, and healed is that there's different angles that you can come at it through different of the layers, top down, bottom up, sometimes right in the middle, like there's no cookie cutter approach. And so I think sometimes that can also help people take some of the pressure off themselves and say, well, I have to immediately cut out all the sugar in my house. I have to get rid of it and I have to start running every single day. (laughs) And that can work really great for some people and that might be what they need. And for others, it might be around doing some self-inquiry more in like the mental states, um, asking themselves, why do I need the sugar or feel drawn to the sugar, whatever it might be, whatever lifestyle habits you're trying to trying to adjust, so to speak. You know, what's kind of interesting is there's this whole conversation that I've had with people can't have versus how I feel. So what I mean by that is a lot of people say, well, on the keto diet, I can't have ice cream. I can't have French fries. I can't have pizza. But yeah, you can't have that stuff, okay, if you're going to be true to the diet. But let's talk about how you're going to feel. If you give up mm-hmm. the carbs, if you give up the starches, if you give the sugar, what if you have more energy? What if you don't have brain fog? So a lot of people like to focus on the negative. Right. Let's focus on well, how you're going to feel. And I think, to your point, if you look at health as what feeling do I want? Do I want to be able to run around with my grandkids and not get exhausted? Do I want to be able to be able to take the stairs when the elevator's packed and not be out of out of uh, breath? 
And I think people need to look at it from that perspective and go, but I like Oreo cookies. I'm like, but Oreo cookies have no nutritional value to you. And honestly, how do you feel when you have like 12 Oreo cookies? Let me be honest. How do you feel? I've never met anyone after that high of the sugar dips go, I'm so glad I had Oreos. No one does that (laughs) ever. No one. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think we need to concentrate on not what we can have, but how we're going to feel if we lose weight, how are we going to feel mentally? Are we going to feel better about ourselves? And I know, I know I get trapped. I get trapped that well. I'm like, but I can't like, I'd stop myself and go, wait a minute, but how are you going to feel? And I think I would like to know your thoughts on that. Absolutely. I think that that is so imperative for people to ask themselves and become in tune with. I think that unfortunately, Many of us are really out of touch with how we do feel or what feeling good or what feeling healthy or what feeling in a flow state and being productive or focused, how that feels. And I think that that is the beauty of taking a bottom up approach and working with some of these mindful practices. Um, yoga movement is you're getting in touch and building a different relationship with yourself. You're starting to strengthen that sense of like, I know, I know that I feel good when I eat clean and do not have sugar, um, do not have caffeine after 3 p.m. I know that. And that can really strengthen a person's sense of resiliency and ability to work through setbacks and triggers and um, just patterns, breaking patterns. I think it is crucial to be able to identify your feeling state and not just from, from an emotional feeling, but also from a physiological perspective. You know, how, how do I feel? I think is, it's helpful for people to start to equate, how, how is my heart feeling? Is my pulse fast? How am I breathing? Is my breath shallow? Is it labored? Do I feel my body is relaxed and at peace, which means my nervous system is really happy? Um, you know, so, so feeling, feeling from the very deepest layer, um, and getting in tune with that part of yourself that feels very strong and connected. And, and that quote, I say like, I know, strengthening your sense of, I know what is good for me and what, what makes me feel whole and nourished. And so that is extremely, extremely crucial. And that, that can be very difficult for people. Mm -hmm. You know, it might be easy for us to sit here and talk about. um, But for a lot of people, I think your point earlier, we are kind of in this war of our attention and where we place our focus. And so giving yourself a few minutes to tap in and say like, huh, how is, how am I breathing today? Like I'm, I'm, Am I feeling anxious? Did I have a Snickers bar or five cups of coffee earlier? You know, whatever it might be. So it's it's also twofold in taking those pauses to be able to recognize how you feel and how you want to feel differently. And then what you need to do to shift your physiological state and shift your energy. Have you had enough or are you hungry for more? You can find more of Mr. Productivity on TikTok facebook and instagram all you have to do is go to those apps and search for mr productivity two words mr productivity on tiktok facebook and instagram Hmm. you know when you're talking there you know what the one of the five layers is the bliss body and Mm -hmm. here's an idea stop watching the news 
Stop hanging around negative people. When you're on your favorite social media platform, like I like TikTok or Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, you know, think about who you're watching, what you're consuming, because I don't know a single person that gets in the blissful state when they watch a lot of news and when they consume a lot of negativity on social media. So I, I think that would be one way to correct your blissfulness, lack of blissfulness, if you will, is just embrace positivity and reject negativity. Just, you know, people who are negative in your life, just go, I'm not interested. No, you need to go because when you're not, when you're consuming all this negativity, it doesn't make you feel good. It doesn't make you want to be productive. It doesn't want to make you be happy. It just, it just ties you up in knots. And yet I see people constantly scrolling endlessly on social media or they're always watching the news. And like, I don't know a single person after doing that, that feels good. Such a beautiful point. And for listeners at home, that's really work that you can start to do on that first layer, the the food body, because, and as you mentioned, it's not just about consuming food and what you're using is energy. Um, I like to think of the food body as also your energy body. And so it's, what am I consuming from a yes, nutritional standpoint, but what am I consuming through my other senses? What am I watching? What am I listening to? Um, what am I feeling and touching? Who am I spending my time around? Like there is, we're energetic beings. How does that energy, how do I feel after I'm in a room with this person or have a conversation? What, all of those things that you, you had mentioned, um, those impact our energy and what we are then able to take in the work we're able to do in those higher, higher layers and a great, um, you know, point of how the bliss and the food body can be connected and just thinking about it again and in, in that more holistic layer. Um, so what are you consuming from food to what you're watching to what you're listening to on that very, very, you know, basic beginning level of the gross body and let that inform some of the other, other layers. I think that's a great entry point in for people. And hopefully the listener thinks that this was a very good conversation and not a negative yes. one. So I want to ask you, I want to pivot over to your competitive volleyballer. Yes. Competitive volleyball. So I want to talk to you a few minutes about this because I remember when I would play volleyball in high school, you know, you tap the ball up and I watched competitive volleyball, <laughs> man, they are beasts. I mean, I could never step. I mean, it's like you get hit with that ball in the face. You can be out for a while. So what drew, what brought you into volleyball? What was it about the sport that you enjoyed so much? That's a great question. And I have been on the receiving end of being hit in the face. So I know, <laughs> I know <laughs> exactly how that feels. Um, you know, I started my competitive athletic career riding horses and barrel racing and wow. being in the rodeo. Yeah. Yeah. Small town, Texas girl on the, in, in the rodeo. And there was just something about that relationship between horse and rider that really spoke to me. And it had a lot to do with the hands and the way that you work with the hands. And I think there was something that resonated with using your hands in volleyball that uh, I really love from an early age. And I love the team aspect of competitive volleyball, but there was something that was a great mix for me of it being very individualized and needing to, to really hone into, 
you know, like your ability to perform and your mental talk, but then also that larger group component. Um, and just the hands. There's always been something about the hands there and playing volleyball that I have I have absolutely um, loved. And, you know, I think that it, it is the right amount of, I don't know if aggressive is the right word, but being able to like tap into that intensity without it needing to be so physically aggressive um, just really resonated with my spirit and, and, and who I am. So I think that's what, you know, kept me in it for so long for playing competitively for almost 15 years. Wow. Yeah. I, as you're talking there, I remember when I played volleyball and I haven't played in years, it's like the goal is to get the ball over the net. And when you watch competitive volleyball, there's a strategy. They'll tap the ball. The person will have it next to the net. It'll go to the back of the court because that person can, it's, it's amazing how they do it. Now I have to ask you, be honest with me here. If you ever play volleyball, like a, a friendly game, does a competitive streak come out of you? It does. Yes, <laughs> it does. Which is why it makes me much more reserved to playing fun pickup games when I'm not sure of the skill level of the other players because that competitive streak is so, so deep embedded in me. <laughs> I can just imagine. I want to be on Amy's team. I want to be on Amy's team. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I could just I could just see that. Oh, yeah. We're, no, you you're all at a picnic. Want to play volleyball? Oh, Amy's here. No, we're not playing volleyball. We're not. Amy's here. If Amy leaves, we'll play volleyball. Um, so exactly. tell us, tell us when you got, um, when you got hit in the face with the ball, was it a spike from the other team that did it? And you didn't see it coming. I think it was actually playing a scrimmage game with some other teammates. And it, it was something where just like in an instant, you look away and I was on defense and just got pummeled right in the face. And, you know, I learned never to let my hands come down above my chest and that, you know, in that moment. And so it was a really great learning experience. Like everything, I, I took something away from it. Um, wow. <laughs> but it was, it was from a teammate. Yes. So when you, when you watch like the summer Olympics are coming up here pretty soon in mm -hmm. Japan, do you, you probably watch the volleyball, a little bit different than the rest of us mere mortals watch it then. Yeah, I, I think I, I have a little more insight into the strategy and what's happening and a little more appreciation for, um, you know, the rallies. And of course, you know, you see an amazing save and it's like, oh my gosh, but uh, I, I can kind of pinpoint just, you know, how the strategy is working. And uh, it, it, yeah, it, it just brings back so much nostalgia as well. I just like really get engrossed in every single play. So I'm, nice. I'm, looking forward to it well i'll remember if i ever see you at a park and playing volleyball and you ask me to play i'll say no unless i'm on your team so amy this has been a lot of fun where can people go to find out more about you and the dent you're putting in the universe absolutely so visit my website amyhuffman.com that is the french spelling of amy so that's a-i-m-e-e -E. and uh, i have free downloads on there one is a three-part training on how to kickstart holistic training methods and so that's available on my website, amyhuffman.com. Okay. Amy, thank you so much for being on the show today. Absolute delight having you here. Thank you so much, Mark. Love chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has 
value. So if you want to sign up absolutely free, just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. 